Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Unlicensed Entertainment. I am your host, Carl Etner. Uh, my wife, Tasha, is not able to be here today for like the third or fourth show in a row. She is still very busy doing two jobs, working as a nurse during the pandemic, so give her some slack. But for, uh, I have some great news. I have a guest on the show today who I think is an incredibly smart, funny person. I've done comedy with uh, in the past. I've been in plays with him. He's uh, also one of the most knowledgeable people on James Bond, which if you listen to more than one episode of the show, no, that's very important to me. Basically, the, the first tier I look for when I'm looking for a friend. So uh, welcome Hero Carlisle to the show. Hey, everyone. It's That's how I sound. This is my voice. Podcasting should be fun. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Hero does uh, improv comedy still. Unlike me, he's not a quitter. Uh, can you tell us about your, your team that you're on right now? Uh, yes. So um, I, I'm on a team called Fancy Hobo. And uh, during the pandemic, we have moved from live theater to live uh, streaming theater. So we actually have uh, a channel on Twitch and on YouTube, uh, Fancy Hobo Improv, and we do shows every Friday and Saturday night. Uh, we have a cast of about 35 people, so it's always something new cycling through. Uh, we we have, uh, yeah, I, I actually am the host of a show every Friday night at 8 p.m. on YouTube and Twitch. If you enjoy Listening to me during this uh, podcast, you will enjoy that show. So please come check it out if you can. It's called Hazards and Hijinks. It's a D&D inspired um, improv show. It's a lot of wacky fun. And we'd, I'd love for anyone listening to come check it out. Okay, that sounds awesome. So is that, um, you said you have to do different, two different kinds of shows. So one of them's the, the D&D show that you host. And the other mm -hmm. one, what's the format of the other show? Uh, we actually have four different shows that cycle through the month. Okay. The D&D show is every Friday, um, but Saturdays we have our, our flagship show, the Fancy Hobo Improv Show. That's just short form. Um, so we have- Short form is like, uh, is like whose line is it anyway? It's short little gimmicky games, right? Just exactly. The audience exactly. It's like very much like whose line is it anyway. And then we also have long form uh, shows, which are- uh, 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 playing with genres, so we have like a western show, we have a murder mystery show, we have a, a, a crime show, a, a noir show. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of different stuff going on in there. Yeah, I'd say uh, uh, for people first getting into it, uh, the short form is like the most easily accessible. But once you see that and you realize what people can do and you start watching um, long form, it's more about like it's still very funny, but it's also like you enjoy the craft. You like see how they put together something because it's a it's a lot more to maintain than just a short mm -hmm. short form you're going bad you have three minutes and you're out of there but long form yeah. <laughs> long form i mean long form you can course correct every time of course but like there's a little bit more commitment to what you're doing and a little bit more uh skill involved like I, and i'm saying this to the guy who did long who did short form mostly uh yeah. i have great admiration for for long form and uh when it's pulled off right and i know you're talented as hell uh, it can be very good. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We're actually premiering our Western show in two weeks on Friday, and that's that's going to be our, our first uh, long-form genre show that we have. Um, so we're all very excited about that. All right, so the name of the team, again, is Fancy Hobo, and that's the YouTube channel, too? Yep, Fancy Hobo, Fancy Hobo Improv. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. We would appreciate any subscriptions, follows, likes, all that jazz. 
Only if you like it. If you if you don't like it, you know, fuck off. <laughs> well, I mean, that's probably what people do. I don't think they need your permission for that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm still. It hurts. It hurts when people don't like what we do. Uh, I, I mean, I understand that. That's basically my whole life. So I understand. <laughs> that is true. I I can attest to that. I I gotta. I'm not sure how if you're how long you were with this team or if you're like in if you were in it from the beginning. Do you know the origin of that name, Fancy Hobo? Where'd that come from? Uh, I don't. I don't. It's uh. it's one of the uh, most tightly kept secrets in Fancy Hobo. You have to. Like like Scientology, you have to reach a certain uh, rank before you're told the mysteries of the team. Uh, so I actually don't know. How, like I'm going to call up uh, my friends who's been on the team longer and be like, "Why why are we called Fancy Hobo? What's that about?" I probably should have pre-screened that question before I threw it out a tease and like, "There's no answer." But that's how There's professional. No we, that's how professional we are on uh, unlicensed entertainment. We don't check things. Yeah. That, that didn't come up on the pre-interview. No. Not that we had a pre-interview. No, no, I don't have the time for that shit. I was so just, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure if you're, uh, like, I'm a huge fan of late night television. I watch, basically, I go to sleep at night watching one of the late night programs. And when I learned uh, how they did interviews, that they do a pre-interview, like, nothing spontaneous. Like, basically, it's all planned out ahead of time. I was so disappointed. Like, I still enjoy them. But it's like, like they go yeah. like, hey, we're going to surprise you with, now you have to sing a song. And like, oh no, what am I going to do? It's like, no, they know they're going to sing a song. There's, there's no surprise yeah, here. I, it's just actors lying to I, us like they always do. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Uh, well, at Fancy Hobo, we actually have, we're, we're trying to launch like a late night talk show once a month. And uh, our host of it, he was like, I'm not doing pre-interview, I'm not doing a pre-interview with any of our guests. We're just going to go off the cuff. And it was so awkward because he didn't know what to ask and no one knew how to respond. They were like, oh, uh, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> we were like, no, moving forward. I don't care how long it takes. We're doing pre-interviews. So, Oh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> the only reason I like I am I'm terrible at talking to people one on one is like my worst nightmare. The only reason I can fill up a show is because we may not have a pre-interview, but I know what we're going to talk about. I have topics. Yeah. Otherwise, if it's just yeah. like an interview show, like I talked to you about uh, how you got into the business of improv comedy and what drives you and stuff like that, it would be horrible. There, we, I'd, I'd go nowhere. I'd be like, oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. All right, that's cool. Oh, well, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, how long is it? Three minutes into the show. Okay, we got to fill up another hour. Okay. All right. Yeah, got to fill up an hour. No, it definitely makes sense. But when you when you learn the. Uh, the truth behind these things that just seems they seem organic for the most part. It's disappointing mm -hmm. first time. But yeah. I guess it's also, no, I, keeps, I can understand that. It also probably it, keeps it people from going racist. Less funny. Yes, it does. Although I'm sure they don't like, it's not like scripted 100%. They got to find a way to segue there. And some are better than yeah. others. Like, um, mm -hmm. like Jimmy Kimmel is, says is good at like, uh, uh, segments, but his interviews are boring as hell. So just like yeah. you know, each host has their as a thing. But Conan is very funny in his interviews, although I stopped watching when they changed format. But that doesn't matter. He's very funny in his interviews, even though he knows what they're gonna talk about. So just it's different skills. It still works or yeah. doesn't work, even if it is pre-interviews. All right, so let's get into the show. We got a little off topic, but that's okay. Still entertainment topic. Um, yeah, that happens with us. That happens on the show. I, I don't have like a strict 
as long as I think we're, it's entertaining, it's good. I mean, last episode I talked with uh, my guest DJ about wedding proposals and that we that we both did, and that has nothing to do with entertainment. So at least we're sort of on topic. Uh, yeah. Okay, so what first thing I do in the in the show is I've started a new segment a couple episodes ago about uh, things I observed in entertainment that I've partaken in recently, and I have two topics for this week. One of them is this Delta Airlines commercial I just saw. It's basically uh, a teacher is teaching a Zoom class to her, her students, and they're doing uh, volcanoes, and they're going all wrong. It's uh, like because there's no teacher in the room with them because they're doing it through Zoom, and their volcanoes are exploding. And then it goes, "Want to get away?" And it gives like this whole thing about like you could fly here for super cheap. And I'm like, were you guys paying attention to the commercial that you just did? Because the whole commercial is teachers not allowed to be in a room with their students because there's a pandemic. But sure, let's go flying somewhere in a plane. <laughs> Let, let's go get confined in a little cigar tube and breathe in everybody's gases and germs and shit like that. That's fine, but don't don't put them in a classroom. Like, who approved that commercial? I mean, airlines are dying, Carl. Airlines are dying. They need help, so they're they're scraping at the bottom of the barrel to survive, and they're 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 realizing they don't have much to offer people outside of get in a tube and smell everyone's gases. But so. I, but what I'm saying is like, it, it, fine if you're gonna if you're gonna ignore the pandemic because you want to survive, okay, whatever. Don't point out that there's a pandemic in your commercial. Like, I've seen Vegas commercials, and they're like, come on down and have a good time. And a, a pachanga, still, same, same thing. Like, come to our casino. Yeah. You're going to have a good time. Maybe you'll have to wear a mask, but you're going to have a good time. But, like, they freaking mm-hmm. acknowledge the fact that it's dangerous to be in a room with somebody. And then hundreds of people get in our plane. It's stupid. Maybe they're just appealing to the thrill seekers of the world. They're just uh, they're trying to get that specific clientele. May, no. Maybe. I, I just, it just seemed weird with a school teacher who doesn't make a lot of money to go like, you gotta get away. Oh yeah, that's the other part. Teachers don't make enough money to go on vacation. Yeah. Like, what's that? Especially during during a pandemic. I'm sure everything's like ultra, uh, you know, guys, gotta clinch. I, I'm trying to think of a, a metaphor or phrase and it's eluding me at the moment, but they gotta tighten their, their belt straps or clutch their purses, whatever. There's a metaphor in there yeah. somewhere. Yeah, they, they probably, metaphor in there somewhere. They're, they're, they're holding on to their money because uh, things are hard right now. But sure, let's go on a, on a trip. Yeah. All right. And, and where can you go? I mean, COVID is everywhere. It's not like you can escape well, in any real sense. Well, like I was talking to some, oh, not talking to my coworkers. I don't talk to my coworkers. I'm very antisocial. But I was, over, I was listening to my coworkers having a conversation. And they were talking about uh, they were going to go to Vegas. And they're like, one of them was giving them tips on the places to go where they are the loosest on restrictions, where I'm enforcing shit. So like, I guess Vegas is a place you go to. I don't recommend it. I have not left. Besides going to work and home, I haven't seen anybody in person. I haven't done anything fun since last March. But sure, go to Vegas and ignore the restrictions. That's the only place I can think where you can go. Oh, in Florida. I uh, I have some friends who I'm very disappointed have gone to Florida and other places several times, and Florida is apparently very much open. So this oh, place yeah, is yeah. oh my, yeah. My my father lives in Florida. He calls and gloats about how it's so open that like he's like I could go to a bar and no one wears masks and we all just drink and have a good time. And I'm like, that's insane. You're insane. 
Yeah, but then especially Florida if it, has low numbers and California is through the roof. I don't get it. Well, because California is deceptive. There's, there, we're very, uh, we're very red state. Like we have like areas that are very blue, and I think we have the numbers. Mm-hmm. But like there are areas all over the place that are very red. Like I'm, I'm in Rancho Cucamonga, and that's super red. We had, we've had protesters against the lockdown and Trump parades and shit like that. So it's like it makes sense. I'm not kidding. Oh, man. There was literally like a car Trump parade that went on for hours just like outside of my complex where you could hear their horns. Even if your window was open, you couldn't hear the TV because everyone was just honking for Trump. So Ugh. people Ugh. are ignoring shit. And even the people who, who are like, I know this is getting very off topic, but I don't care, who are liberal and say they're following the rules, they don't wear their masks, right? Their nose is hanging out. So like so everyone goes like, uh, that's against masks. Like everyone's wearing masks and we're still getting COVID. So obviously masks don't work. It's like, no, no one's wearing their mask correctly. I see like one in 10 is wearing their masks for their nose and mouth are covered. And so of course it's going to still spread. Sorry. I get very upset. My wife, like I said, is a nurse. She's dealing with this on the front lines and people are ruining. They're just being so stupid about this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Let's yeah, get back I, to comedy. Uh... <laughs> Let's get back to comedy. We don't need to talk more all about right. this COVID. Yeah, so I'm sure you're all like, very, one. COVID yeah. doesn't exist yeah. anymore. And also, it, well, it all yeah. went away like a miracle in April. So why are we still talking about it? Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. There's been no, there's been no problem with the rollout of the vaccine. That's been a slam dunk. Oh yeah. So let's just, let's just all forget about it. I've gotten like ten doses just for fun because it's so easy to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, every morning I wake up and I take a shot of COVID vaccine. Yeah. You know, I just toss it back. Two ounces. Does the body good. I've heard, like, the beaches are just getting covered in syringes from people, like, just polluting, throwing them out, don't caring. So now the big problem is not the vaccine rollout. It's pollution. Yeah. How about that? Where's where's the Biden administration on that? <laughs> yeah. COVID needles. We got pollution. polluted beaches. <laughs> okay. Let's get on to the next topic. Very smooth <laughs> transitions I do here. Uh, so I was watching, yeah, uh, I've been watching the Mindy Project recently, which is actually a surprisingly good show. I avoided it for years because I thought it looked very annoying. But a problem mm-hmm. I have with the show is that uh, she's very reliant on certain tropes uh, from mm-hmm. romantic comedy, which I think might be on purpose because her character is very obsessed with that stuff. But I noticed her do a trope that I know so many times before, and it, it makes me kind of paranoid. It, it, this is like a real thing. So in the, in the show, she has an on-again, off-again thing with this guy named Danny. And there's a point where he's engaged to this girl and he was, and like, they're going to get married soon. And like, it comes to a point where like, if she's willing to get back together with him, he'll dump that girl in a second. And I'm like, that's all the time in movies. People are like getting married and like, they're staying outside their, their, their wedding place, waiting for the love of their life to actually show up. But then they're like, oh, he didn't show up. I guess he's going to go marry this dude. It's like, is that a thing in real life? Or was, when I was getting married, was Natasha just standing outside going like, Man, I hope Charles shows up. I can't. I don't want him to marry Carl. Like, is, was it? Was my wedding a sad day for her? Is that a thing? Does every woman have like a backup guy? They're hoping they'll crash their wedding. I, you know, I I have a story for that. First, I want to say I love the idea that your romantic rival is named Charles, like Charles and Carl. <laughs> I don't know why that's amusing. To yeah, me. that was not the, the name I had. That was it. not the name I had in my head earlier, but I forgot the name. So Charles came out. Charles came out. Well, Charles didn't come out. Yeah, thank God. Married, so that works. Yeah. Uh, but my my mother was 
telling me about her wedding not too long ago. I was I was at her house and she was telling me about her wedding. And apparently three dudes showed up to her wedding all with the intention of of like sweeping her off her feet and taking her away romantically. Holy crap. Like, yeah. <laughs> like my mom was like, yeah, there was three of them. One of them was a friend from high school. One of them was a friend for co- from college and the other was a coworker. And they all basically were like, Deanna, we know you're not happy. Just, just come away with us. And they didn't do it as a group. They all like had to fight each other to get time with her. It was very strange. She was like, I still married my husband. I still married your father right in front of all of them. And they cried. Well, <laughs> it was probably not the, the guy she was waiting for. If the fourth guy had shown yeah. up and he was the one that she had the, the real romance. But then I wonder if it's like, is it like a thing where you fight back and forth? Like if he, if he stole Tasha away and then he went to get married yeah. with her, if I were to go to their wedding and break it up, would then I get her back and we'd have like a dueling, like whoever gives up first on paying for weddings is the one that loses the girl. Yeah, that's a very expensive courtship ritual. <laughs> Just keep having weddings on top of weddings. Yeah, I, and my, my wedding was already pretty cheap. I couldn't afford that much. So I probably could only afford like a courthouse wedding next. So uh, if, 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 Char- <laughs> if Charles is rolling dough with, which a guy named Charles, he sounds rich. He probably yeah, anyone who goes by the formal Charles is gonna be loaded. Yeah, he's, so I'm he's like a. I'm lucky he didn't know which way to go. Good, he got lost. Yeah, he got lost on the two ten freeway. Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure out how to get to Rancho. Exactly. All right, so those are the two things I've been noticing this week in entertainment uh, that I that I've partaken in. Now let's get into entertainment news. If my thing will open. All right. So first thing, I think this is kind of interesting. I don't know how it's going to work. Uh, HBO Max, uh, which is a new, newish streaming service, has announced that they're going to get into the world of podcasts. I'm not sure how that's going to work because it's a streaming service. Like, how are you going to get their podcasts? But their idea yeah. for one sounds awesome. It's going to be a Batman comedy podcast. Uh, it's what? Called, yeah. Uh, it's going to have uh, Jeffrey Wright is going to play The Dark Knight. Even though he's playing Gordon in the movies, uh, it's got. Mm-hmm. Then look at the, the look at his cast: Chris Parnell, Melissa Vill. Uh, I like her so much, but I can't say her last name. Melissa Villa Senor, Seth Meyers, Brent Spiner, Data, John Leguizamo, Leguizamo, Ike Barinholtz, Bobby Moynihan, Keenan Thompson, Rosario Dotson, Jason Sudeikis, Alan Tudyk, uh, Brooke Shields, Paul Shear, Tim Meadows, Fred Armisen. It just goes on. Like, that's a really impressive comedy. That is stacked. I want to hear this podcast. I'm just wondering if I could actually listen to it, like, while I'm driving around or if I have to have a blank screen of a podcast playing while I'm watching HBO Max. That sounds stupid. I don't (laughs) know why. That sounds very stupid. I don't know why they got, like, it's a really cool idea. I listen to uh, audio drama and stuff like that all the time. By the way, if you guys ever want to hear a really good audio sitcom, Cabin Pressure starring, uh, uh, I'm, Blanking on his name, and I had it two seconds ago. Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, it's one of the most funny sitcoms I've ever heard, and it's all audio. Four seasons and a, and a fifth season special, and it's done. Uh, it's amazing, so check that out. But I love I love audio uh, audio dramas or audio comedies and stuff like that. So I'm very intrigued by the idea. I'm just not sure how it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, That's that is interesting. I mean... I, as as you know, but your audience probably doesn't know, I'm a huge Batman fan, yes. so I'm very excited by this idea of a comedy podcast. I love the cast. It's ridiculous. 
I, I like Alan Tudyk is in everything, so that doesn't surprise me. No. It's just like, is there a microphone? Alan Tudyk will be there. And he's already uh, doing great. As a, he's already doing great as a Joker on Harley Quinn. Yes, he's already like, is he going to be the Joker? Like, is the podcast going to be connected to Harley Quinn, which is well, an HBO Max property? Well, it, it, then they, then they they have a different Batman though, because Diedrich Bader plays yeah. him in the in the Harley Quinn, and it's this Jeffrey oh. Wright. Yeah, yeah, this is Jeffrey Wright. I just love the idea that like Warner Brothers as a company. You know, for those of for those of us who have been Batman fans for years, Warner Brothers has always been very weird when it comes to Batman. They've been under the philosophy for the past like 30 years that there can only be one interpretation of Batman at the same time. But now they're like, fuck it, there are 15 different Batmans. And I know. they're all equally valid. It's so confusing. <laughs> so like they it's recently so had, confusing. And like recently they had Gotham, uh, and then mm-hmm. they have they have uh the, the Harley Quinn show, they have the Robert Pattinson Batman. They have the the young Bruce Wayne in the Joker movie. Uh, it's mm-hmm. all over the place, and it, like for people like us who are who pay attention and know this stuff, like it's not that complicated. But for like the like people like my dad, maybe who wouldn't get who, who maybe not won't know like what's the difference between DC and Marvel for one thing, will be even more confused mm-hmm. with separate Batman universes playing at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> like like I thought the Joker was Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's Alan Tudyk and Jared Leto and someone else and another person. Oh, yeah. And they're throwing the freaking multiverse in the next one. So that's going to be even more crazy or separate worlds. I guess multiverse DC. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I heard Michael Keaton's going to be taking over basically the Ben Affleck role in future uh, DC properties. Like they're both going to be in the next in the Flash movie, both Keaton and Affleck. But then Keaton's going to take over like the mentor role and Affleck's going to be gone. Mm, mm, I yeah I, I it's it's so weird you know trying to stay up to date with all of the production rumors of the of the DC Warner Brother properties is nuts because like I read an article that said Ben Affleck is gone forever because he's an alcoholic then yeah. I'll read another article that's like no he's back in it he's so ready you know Zack Snyder convinced him that we need more of Ben Affleck's Batman and then it's like he'll be in two movies he'll be in Shazam and Harley Quinn too but that's it and it's like, what what is going on over there? What it, is what is going on? Until they cast like, Pattinson, I was not convinced that they had recast his role for that Batman movie. Because it was supposed to be Ben Affleck's yeah. directed movie as him as Batman. Mm-hmm. And then it slowly turned into, okay, he's not directing, but Matt Reeves is directing, but he's still in it. And then it's like, no, now they're doing a young one, and now Pattinson's playing him. It's, it's been very confusing. Very confusing. It really makes you appreciate how hard... Marvel Studios works to keep their continuity on track. Oh yeah, because... DC's chucking everything. They realize that, the, like, although they made money in the earlier movies, like they they don't have much loyalty to them because mm-hmm. they keep on yeah. fucking up. So like they're trying to switch things yeah. up and get the audience back on their side. I mean, they definitely yeah. have a weird yeah. loyalty. Like the people who wanted a Zack Snyder version of Justice League were very audible, but like yes. Have they ever they seen a Zack Snyder? Loud minority. Have they ever seen a Zack Snyder film? His movies are terrible. Like I'm not saying yeah. that Joss Whedon's version was that good either, but like there's not going to be a better version. It's just going to be a longer, terrible movie. Yeah, a longer, darker, more Ayn Randian, like <laughs> ethical egoism philosophy treatise. It's not going to make any goddamn sense. No. It's going to be four hours. Who has the constitution to watch a four-hour movie? Well, I, I'm 
going to watch it because I'm stupid. I hate almost everything DC has done, but I watch everything they do too. I have not missed one <laughs> of the movies. So they got me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I was I was adamant that I wasn't going to watch it if it was going to be released as a limited series, which originally they were like, yeah, we're going to split it into four to six parts. I thought that uh, made it so much better. Content. I thought that made yeah. it so much and better. I, yeah, I was like, okay, I could probably do that. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to give HBO Max more money than they need. But then they're like, no, 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 it's a four-hour movie and we're dropping it in like a month. That That made me kind of... Like my insider, my Hollywood insider brain was like, "Oh, this it's a it's a steaming pile of shit. They can't they can't sell us four to six weeks of this movie. <laughs> they have to get it all out at once and get as many suckers as they can to to watch it." That's 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 my takeaway, knowing the industry. But uh, that pisses I, off a lot of a lot of DC fans. I don't think the the DC fans, uh, the people that are actually a fan of this universe, are going to care if it's a pile of shit because. Batman v Superman is up there in one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and people mm-hmm. still defended it. That are really diehard Snyder fans, so I don't think it could be the worst thing. It could be, it could be two hours of Batman taking a shit, and they're going to say it's brilliant. Yeah, they're they're just going to be like, well, Marvel's too jokey and too kid friendly. <laughs> so yeah. I prefer this dark and edgy. Can you remember that part when in hour two he was still taking a shit? Yeah, Marvel would never do that. You guys, you guys don't, the thing I love, like, the one uh, people make fun of the Martha line, Save Martha, they go, like, you guys just don't get it. It's like, I got it. I understood it perfectly. It, it was, but the problem with it, it was a dialogue, was not how people talk. That was, Superman would yeah. never have said it like that. It was fucking weird that he said that, and then Batman would react that way. That's why we make fun of it. We got it. Yeah. They have the mother, mother yeah. with the same name. And Batman's mother died, and he's like, oh my god, it's going through my head. It's so hard. We got it. You're not that complicated, Snyder. Yeah, it's... It, it, like, there's actually... It shows up in the comics, but in a completely different way. There's a comic where Batman and Superman are just kind of hanging out like they've finished a day of being superheroes. <laughs> so they're just kind of, like, looking over the city in their costumes, just kind of, like, shooting the shit. And they accidentally realized that their mothers had the same name. And it's just this kind of like sincere moment of between friends of like, wow, you know, uh, that's, that's interesting. That's an interesting fact. And it's handled so well in this comic, but then like Zack Snyder just, oh my God, save Martha is such a stupid scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most definitely. In a a movie full of stupid stuff that stands out. That stands out. That's, that's key among them. Yeah, I. Uh, uh, but anyway, back to the podcast. If I had to guess, it'll probably be um, HBO Max is going to convince everyone to download their app on their phones, and you'll probably be able to access podcasts through their app on a phone. That as long guess. as long as I can, yeah, play it without having like the screen open. I'm cool with that. I have the app. I I had it. Uh, I had DC Universe app, which then uh, mm-hmm. basically made it so. Uh, I was already into all their shows. And then I had HBO now, which had most of the shows they had like Harley Quinn and doom patrol and, and Titans. So like when they open up, said HBO uh, max will just be what HBO now is. It's like, okay, cool. I get free more shows. So I'm, I'm all in yeah. on HBO max. It's actually yeah, pretty, I'm enjoying it. It's pretty I'm good. Enjoying it as a streaming service. It's pretty good. Although for I, did figure out, I just, I just found out something that really pissed me off like what? last night. 
because I looked, I, I wanted to watch a movie and they were like, oh, it's on HBO Max. And I'm, I was like, great. Um, so I went to HBO Max, I went to their movie sections so that I could find like the search engine so I could type in the movie mm -hmm. I wanted to see. They did, they don't have, they don't have a search function like that. There's no search bar. You can't type in the title of a movie that you want to see don't think on that's HBO Max. I don't think you that's true. You have to true. go through alphabetically. Well, I, I looked. I was like, I can't find this thing. Because I use a, I use HBO Max all the time. I'm sure I've done it. But I might have done it. It might be on the phone version. The TV one, you have to look it up. I'm not sure. But on the phone one, yeah. you for sure can, can't. Has a search, yeah, it has a search bar right there. So the phone version definitely okay, has well, it. Well, the phone version works. Yeah, I was talking about the TV version. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm the first to admit I am tech, uh, ignorant. I am, I'm not that capable with UIs with user interfaces or anything like that, but I looked for like 20 minutes just trying to find a search bar. I am going I to look after it. we finish this show and I'm going to text you the second I find out I have it on Roku. So I'm going to check out the uh, okay. find out and see if, uh, if you're just really tech illiterate. Cause I could have sworn it has search engine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, please do, please. Oh yeah, uh, and then uh, next week I'll let everyone know. Yeah, I'll let them know next episode. Yeah, that everyone you're an listening idiot. to this, humiliate me on my on my on my social media. Just call me an idiot and say it's right here, hero, because I would appreciate that. All right. Uh, so the next, especially since the movie I was trying to watch started with the letter P, so I had to cycle oh. through like sixteen hundred movies. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that sounds bad. I still believe you're right, but we'll, 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 I'll find out later. Uh, so so next story, uh, I'm intrigued by this. Uh, they don't have much on it yet, but they're going to make a Black Panther TV show. Well, universe spin mm -hmm. TV show, not actually Black Panther. It's going to be called Wakanda uh, mm -hmm. or Kingdom of Wakanda. And uh, it's not going to star Black Panther because obviously uh, 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 I am Black Chadwick Boseman no longer with us. And they haven't really mm -hmm. figured out what they're going to do for the Black Panther 2 sequel. But it's going to be a TV series that takes place in Wakanda. And it's made by Ryan Coogler, who made the first Black Panther movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very exciting. I'm, I'm very interested to see uh, what they do with the Wakanda end of the Marvel Universe. I mean, they're obviously, they had a, a terrible tragedy in, in losing Chadwick. Um, uh, he had such a great stage presence and such... Everything I've read about him, he had like this really positive attitude and brought a lot of positivity to the role. And, you know, through that became somewhat of a, uh, uh, of an icon to a whole generation of, of young people. And it's sad to see him go. So I've been interested, like, how are they going to handle Black Panther 2? Like, what's that going to be about? And I love the idea of building on top of that and just having a Wakanda series because Wakanda is a really fun place. I think it's probably the, one of the most interesting places that the MCU has ever created. And so even if it's like, even if it's like a sitcom about like low level people in Wakanda, I would watch it. I would, I, it doesn't matter what the show is about. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of pretty much everything. There's been like a few uh, Marvel proper stuff in the beginning of the universe. Like I think phase one and maybe phase two had a few missteps but overall, I, I love uh, Marvel, and so I'm pretty open to what they have to do. I would definitely love, like, just a down-to-earth, maybe not even super people version of what goes on in Wakanda. I think they have, that would be great to see. I think they should also, if they're just going to explore these worlds, I think Asgard would be a good place to set up on. And I think they haven't introduced it yet, but uh, Latveria would be very interesting, mm. too. The, the three mostly fictional places that they have would be kind of cool to explore as like a regular person that lived, or maybe not regular, it could be like a soldier or something like that, 
but just not a superhero yeah. in that universe. I think it would be very cool to explore those worlds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I actually was a big fan of Black Panther comics uh, when I was younger. There was a great run on HBO, uh, I wanted to say HBO Max, on Marvel Max, which was their like adult line. And there was a Black Panther run for several years on that that was quite good. And it explored like the political turmoil of, of Wakanda, like the different factions and how they manifested power and things like that. And political intrigue and all of that stuff. So I'd love to see like a Wakanda TV show that's basically like Game of Thrones, where it's just like there's a lot of politics going on, but it's like low-level politics. That could be really interesting. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, manipulate, like people like manipulating people to kind of get their way, like negotiations are basically manipulations. Uh, and I think, yeah, that definitely sounds like that would kind of fit into that. Kind of cunning, maybe not action-y, but uh, just uh, deceptive and smart. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see something like that. I mean, yeah. of course, probably yeah. with Marvel, they're going to throw in some action somewhere because they, they yeah. can't not. Even with <laughs> even with WandaVision not. right now, like it's definitely building up to some kind of big explosions, even though it's mostly sitcoms. Oh, yeah, there's going to be fights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, That's I, true. Well, uh, we didn't do, we don't have to go too much into that, but I, I don't know about you. I'm loving that show, WandaVision. Oh, I am absolutely loving that show. Uh Every episode has been an absolute treat. I watch it and I go, this is fucking bonkers. Every episode I watch, I'm like, this is fucking bonkers. I, I love the show. I think it's I think it's a great, like, uh, announcement of, like, here we are. Like, uh, the, the MCU's, like, official TV series are, are swinging hard and hitting hard. And yeah. I love it. Like, uh, I know it, it has not been for everybody. It's a little bit more of a slow burn. But uh, I appreciate that they they're trusting the audience to get to to sit with them and bear with them. I, I'll admit I think they could have started building things a little bit faster. But besides that, I'm still loving it. Uh, but I will say people keep going like this is the craziest uh, superhero show. I was like, no, Legion. Watch Legion. <laughs> Legion is the most bonkers uh, comic book series I've ever seen, and I love it. And everyone should see it. Uh, but yeah, definitely. WandaVision's so good. I can't wait to see uh, where it goes. I have so many theories, and then I talk to people online about theories where it's going. And I'm also a big fan of uh, Monica Rambeau in the comics. She's one of my, uh, she's my, in my, was in my top three choices for adding a new Avenger. And so I'm glad she's starting to get some, uh, some airtime because she's an awesome character. Yeah. Her powers are amazing she if she is. ever gets them, which I think she did. Yeah, I'm well, not sure. I'm, I'm assuming she's going to get something. Not to spoil the last episode, but I'm assuming they're building her character. I, I think so, she's too. She's not a cameo. Like, no, like, no, uh, she's been... Darcy and... She's been in since the beginning. Pretty much, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, so. Since we're talking about that, I'm just going to bring up something else. Like, people are throwing out that they want a Jimmy Woo show. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about that? I mean, I would love the... Like, okay, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., was pitched as what the Jimmy Woo show is being pitched as now. Yeah. It's like a Monster of the Week kind of X-Files-esque thing. So I would love for there to be that show just because I remember when that's what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was supposed to be. And I think it could be really funny. I think, like, uh, uh, his name is Randall Park? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think he's a fantastic actor, both comedic and serious acting. I think he could totally lead a show... I would totally watch him just going on weird adventures in uh, in the MCU. I think we need more of that. I think that would be a perfect 
use of the platform of a uh, of Disney Plus, like in the same way the Mandalorian is this side adventure that just explores the universe. I think um, I think uh, Jimmy Woo show would be like that, and I think that'd be really fun. I, I would I would support it. I think that would be cool. I'm a little bit of a stickler that uh, I've recently started reading Agents of Atlas, which is a comic where he's a big character and he's basically like the the Xavier of that team, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's a very different version. He's a very manipulative, uh, secretive guy in that comic, but he's basically the leader of his own uh, all-Asian superhero team. And I oh, kind of want that. Like, maybe I'm wrong to want, want, wrong to want that, but I think that comic's really fun and, and, and different, a different perspective than I usually see. I would love to see that version of the character or him do something like that. But then again, it might be two Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which we've already just seen. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, but yeah. then again, I wouldn't mind more Agents of Shield styled stuff. I I think Agents of Shield was some of the best stuff Marvel's done, and it got almost no credit. Yeah, no, completely agree with that. I I loved Agents of Shield. I thought it was extremely clever and well developed. Uh, but but yeah, it's it's mostly overlooked, even more so than something like uh, Agent Carter, which only had a two season run, which is still a criminal shame. Yes, I love that show Agent too. Carter. It was so good. I, I loved how I loved how they put a cameo of Agent Carter's Jarvis in Endgame. That was that was one of my favorite. Oh yeah, that's right. They in, did in the MCU. Yeah, especially because um, Agent Carter Jarvis is the second protagonist. You follow. He has an amazing arc in season one, and particularly in season two with his wife. They have an amazing arc together in in um agent carter and i i want more of that i want i want them to revive that show yes watch more of that i mean they fought for for a while i don't think it's ever going to happen although maybe if they get uh chris evans they could do a show where he's back with her but under a different alias <laughs> right that would be kind of fun <laughs> That would be, uh, more, I'd, I'd watch the shit out of that i'd want more like that era captain america and they, they can do that now technically maybe just yeah. not in the suit but, te- but they could still do it well, I mean, like, that kind of reminds me of something that I find a little irksome with the speculation community. Like, people, people like, set up too big of ideas than, than are actually feasible. Like, I, uh, you know, I'm assuming we both watched the latest episode of WandaVision. Yes. That was insane. That's yes. What happened was insane. But, like, what a few of my friends or online outlets, you know, uh, uh, entertainment news, like, that is speculating. They're like, this is this is how we get, you know, Magneto. This is how we get the Fantastic Four. They're going to show up in the last episode. And I'm like, no, they're not. No, they're not. Well, uh, this is, they that's might, not how that's going to happen. They might, like, tease a little bit. And maybe, uh, maybe they'll have the guy who's going to play uh, Reed Richards in there. But they're not going to do... They're not gonna do the origin story. It needs its own thing, like because yeah, Reed like, Richards was a scientist thing. before he was Mister Fantastic. He could show up, and that would be cool. And then go like, oh, now we're gonna see him in the movie soon. But yeah, it's not gonna be anything beyond that. Yeah, like like I've 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 read people their fan theories about like yeah, this is they're they're gonna show the origin of the Fantastic Four, and I'm like, no, maybe they will say the word. Richards, yes, or Storm, but that's like it. That's all you're gonna get. Just like how they mentioned uh, Doctor Strange all the way back in Winter Soldier, but still, like they're they're gonna wait till they get their own movies. Yeah, it's that's, too big that's of a not property. What these things are for. Like you could you could do uh, you could do uh, Monica Rambeau. 
because and give her her origins in there because although she is a great character, most people don't know her. Unless you're yeah. like a hardcore geek, you don't know her. And I didn't even know until recently that she had like many different names. I only know her from the 80s Avengers where she was called Captain Marvel. So like even I'm not that familiar with her, even though I'm a fan. So she's very like hardcore geek stuff. So yeah, they're not going to, mm-hmm. it's fine to throw her away like that. Or And Jimmy Woo, same thing. Like I'm a fan of the character, but most people don't know who Jimmy Woo is. I didn't know who he was when I saw, he was in Ant-Man. I think he was in like the second one. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who he was until yeah. I watched this show. So it's like, yeah, they can throw them around, but they're not going to do Fantastic Four. Even if all the movies yeah. have sucked, they're not going to throw away that property like that. No, they're not. That's 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 a big ticket item for them. Uh, and so, like, I'm just getting fed up with everyone's fan theories going out of control. They need to they need to temper their expectations and enjoy the show for what it is, not not turn it into something that's never gonna happen. Okay, but do you think? Because I have a fan theory, and I think most people think this. All these TV series that are doing, they're building up to the Young Avengers, right? Are you a lot? Oh yeah, exactly, I, yeah. I, I absolutely believe that. I believe all of this is leading towards like a young Avengers thing. I think they're, you know, Marvel studios had been using other media to try and fill in the gaps and hint at stuff in stories. Like um, during phase one and two, they had those, uh, they had those short films that were released with the DVD releases of all of their films. Probably the most iconic successful one being um, hail to the King which was a continuation of Iron Man 3 storyline following the Mandarin. Um, and, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Netflix stuff, they were always trying to build towards stuff. They just didn't have the logistics, like their production, you know, because the because Marvel Studios was divided into two productions, uh, the TV stuff and the movie yeah. stuff. Now that's been resolved. Now that's just one entity, and it seems like, like WandaVision feels like the Scarlet Witch movie that could never get produced. No. Like it we it could never get made into a movie, but it can't exist in this form. It wouldn't have even like, been uh, made if they had if it was on ABC, it wouldn't be this. This there oh, yeah, it has to yeah. be its own own special place for this show. Yeah. And and I hope they they seem to have a good grasp on what what they can potentially do with uh Disney Plus as a platform. And I'm just, I'm just excited. I want to see more content because I think, uh, you know, we need it. We need more stuff. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're stuck home. We need something to watch. Exactly. Hollywood, risk your lives, risk your health so I can be entertained at home. They exactly. Can, they can get the Delta Airlines commercials. Dance, puppet, dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't get on a Delta plane. We're surrounded by volcanoes and kids on Zoom meetings. we got to figure this out, man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so this this next story is basically the same thing as Marvel, in my opinion. Same okay. tier. Uh, a Frasier TV series sequel is uh, looking very likely. <laughs> uh, I don't know if people know this. This is we've been talking comic books for the last 40 minutes. I am a huge Frasier fan. I love that show. It's one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. And Kelsey Grammer apparently is pitching the show to Paramount Plus, which is Par- or Paramount All Access, which is what CBS All Access is going to turn into soon. Uh, it's going to be a different cast uh, mostly, but it looks like him and David Hyde Pierce are coming along to start up a new series. And I think that's very exciting. <laughs> I like want to be excited for that. I, I'm a fan of Frasier. I want to be excited for that. But then it's like, what would the show be about? 
you know, both of them in their 50s? <laughs> like, like, I don't know. What, what, what would the show be about? That's well, like they have to do. They have to deal with the death of the dad because uh, yeah. he, he's dead. Maybe deal with the death of Eddie too. Go with that. And that's those are both great comedy gold mines. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I love. I, I've watched a few things with uh, they're dramedy ish, where like dealing with death, and then they like they have sad moments and then funny moments. Uh, dead to me, uh, the new mm-hmm. show with Christina Applegate and uh, Linda Cardellini. Great show that kind of toes that line. Uh, I'm not sure if Frasier can yeah. do that. I would be intrigued. Maybe they, if they stopped, don't do the uh, four camera sitcom and went with more uh, more modern usage of the characters, I'd be intrigued to see if they could do that. I think there's a lot they could do because I think the characters are are very strong. And I think yeah. they could they could survive a, a new upt- update. I mean, come on. By the end of Cheers, uh, Frasier was basically the lead of that show. So he's basically just become he could he could carry on again. He's played that character for like twenty two years. I think he could play it a little bit yeah. longer. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I think it would just need the right kind of writers. You know, uh, we've seen with other revival series, like when they bring it back, um, there's some there's some pitfalls they want to avoid, like the X Men re- or X Men X Files revival that they did. That one was more misses than hits. There were some um, good episodes, but for the most part, that was uh, painful to watch. Yes, yes. And and that's that's kind of what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of, like, if there is a new Frasier, what if it sucks? Then it's just like, oh, well, that was a waste of well, time. Well, then you just ignore <laughs> it. But, like, uh, the thing with X-Files is they had all this mythology that they had to carry with them. And they were mm-hmm. contradicting themselves like crazy. I don't think uh, Frasier have to, has to worry about the mythology of the show. Unless Maris shows up and just starts hanging out that might be a little bit weird but i think they're gonna be fine yeah all right well i'm uh, <laughs> you've convinced me i will i will be cautiously optimistic about more fraser i'm gonna be optimistic and then get all my hopes up and then cry myself into a puddle when uh when it turns out to be terrible although yeah i hear kelsey grammar is a piece of shit so if it's bad i can look yeah. on the bright side that he's suffering he's not getting what he wants but is he really suffering that much he probably has all the money in the world, so whatever. I guess it's yeah. not really. There's no bright side here. Yeah, <laughs> like cautiously optimistic is the best we can hope. Yeah, for. this isn't going to be good, but maybe it won't be terrible. You know. All right. Like, it's it's. Yeah, it is what it is. Some more uh, topic whiplash. Uh, they're going Ooh. to do a new Sonic the Hedgehog TV series on Netflix. It's an oh, animated yeah. series. I oh yeah don't get it like I saw like when the new movie came out and everybody was like going like it's actually really great it's amazing you gotta go see it I actually like got my hopes up that this was gonna be a great movie maybe the next Detective Pikachu or something like that it's fine mm-hmm. it's fine I, I the character the problem with Sonic is, is that he's so he's he's so very nineties. Like '90s is all about being being badass and radical and cool guys, and and that doesn't translate now because now it seems like it's trying too hard. Maybe little kids will like yeah. it, but like I feel like most like uh, happened with like uh, uh, She-Ra and like maybe the new He-Man series coming up. I think people get their their hopes pinned on it too much as adults for something that's aimed for kids, and they're gonna raise mm-hmm. up an uproar when it's a terrible piece of crap like most likely is going to be. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Because I'm in yeah, a minority I on mean, Sonic the movie. <laughs> I don't think you actually are. I think most people 
have conceded like, yeah, that was that was a generic paint by numbers kind of thing. It wasn't it wasn't great, wasn't terrible. <laughs> I don't think or they need to spend fun. I don't think they needed to spend the money on fixing Sonic's look. I think it would have been just as fine with him looking a little bit wonky. Yeah. I mean <laughs> that was a weird saga, wasn't it? Yeah. But <laughs> it's just like, we're gonna redesign the character because that's what fans want. We like on one hand, that's great. That's great that a studio was willing to spend like thirty million more dollars on a property. They were that confident in it, and and the artistry behind it. But then at the same time, stop kowtowing to fans. I think it's a bad they're, precedent they're the to minority. set. I think it's a bad precedent to set because now people are going to know exactly. that they can get their way. Same thing with Snyder Cut. People know that they can same get their way if they if they bitch and moan about it. It's like no, this is art. Even Sonic, yeah. it is art. People decided to make a product. They put it out there. If you didn't like it, maybe it's not for you, but it's fucking art. We can't just tweak it because somebody doesn't like it. Because in the end, most people are stupid. And the more people that you have that have a say in something, the more it's going to get fucked up in the future. Yeah. And fanboys God, are whiny pieces of crap. When it comes to geek God, culture, I, hope I hate that's them. the case with the Snyder Cut. Oh, I, <laughs> God, I, I hope to... that's the case with the Snyder Cut. I mean, I know I'm going to suffer through it, but I want it so bad anyway. I want it to be so terrible that the fans finally acknowledge that they wasted their time with this. Yeah, that, that would be the ideal universe. I just read an article today that said fans are petitioning Disney to remake the Star Wars sequels because they're unsatisfied with how those films Oh, that, that was going on, uh, especially after Last Jedi. People were fundraising. They made a lot yeah. of money fundraising to remake The Last Jedi. Look, I don't love the, the sequel series either, better than the prequels, but uh, it's, it is what it is. They're, they're, they're done. They, they, mess, yeah. they messed yeah. up. They weren't perfect. Maybe uh, some TV series can fill in some gaps and make it a little bit better. Uh, but that's about it. That's all. That's all we can hope for. They're luckily doing very good on the TV front. I love basically every TV show they've they've made uh, since Clone Wars. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, that's all you can hope for. There's some some fixes in the continuity. But that's about it. Just live with that. Yeah. They didn't they didn't plan them out that well, and that's why they're not that good. Nothing against because yeah. I, I I think it's so ridiculous when uh, fanboys get like, oh, this person should never work again. Like Ryan Johnson is a great director. I thought Last Jedi was okay. It didn't anger me, but I thought it was just okay. And people were like, he should never work again. I was like, did you ever see Looper? Did you see Knives Out that he made after that? Great movies. So yeah, he made a bad yeah. movie. Same thing with, uh, with uh, Wonder Woman 1984. So Patty Jenkins mm-hmm. made a great movie, arguably, a lot of people... I, I'm not sure if you agree with me. Some people hate the ending. But with the first Wonder Woman was a very popular, well-liked movie. And then mm-hmm. the second one yeah. came out, and it was, it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't the greatest thing ever made. And people were like she should never work again. It's like she made the other movie you liked. Yeah. Right. No. That was that was such whiplash because um, I I wasn't the biggest fan of Wonder Woman one. I think I think its third act is a little weak. I think some of its action pieces were a little stilted. But that that trench scene is pure cinema gold. Like there's there's a lot to love about Wonder Woman one, and so Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. It was just kind of like all of the bad things that happened in the first movie, all of the little nitpicks that I ignored because the overall product was good, were purely manifest in the sequel. The sequel didn't have any of those amazing, elevating, good moments uh, to hide all of the wonky ones. 
So I, that's my opinion of that. But what was interesting is like a week before Wonder Woman 84 came out, they announced that uh, Patty Jenkins would be directing Rogue Squadron. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the new Star Wars side story about fighter pilots. And everybody was like, great, that's awesome. But then like after Wonder Woman 84 came out, they were like, get her off of that movie right now. No, we don't want her anymore. And it was just the turnover of a week. Uh, and and the internet was calling for her head, and I'm just like, this is bonkers. Yeah, it's so that, stupid. That is not a good way to run an industry. There are plenty of people that I like that have made bad movies. I like Shane Black a lot. I hate Iron Man three. I didn't say, well, Shane Black should never work again. He's like, no, he made Lethal Weapon, and he made Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He made uh, ni- uh, Nice Guys, I think it was. He makes good movies. Who cares if he made a mm-hmm. piece of yeah. shit once? It's okay. Everyone's fucking human. Yeah. They're gonna make mistakes. All right, uh, let's do exactly. one more story, and then we'll move on to our final segment. So All right. I often find uh, articles that I think are really stupid that trended and people get excited about, and then they didn't actually read the article. All they read was the headline. So mm-hmm. uh, a, a week or so ago, I found everybody, sh- all the entertainment sites sharing a story about a Harry Potter uh, TV, live-action TV series in development, and it's coming to HBO Max. And everyone was getting so excited about this. And then it looks like, no, there's just some meetings and stuff happening, and that's about it. And here's what HBO Max says in the article. There are no Harry Potter series in development at the studio or on the stream platform. That's in the article they're saying that it's happening. (laughs) Uh, All you can do is laugh at that. Yeah. (laughs) Why are they having meetings about Harry Potter right now? Huh? I wonder why one of the largest media conglomerates in the world would be having a meeting about a property which has recently come under fire because of the creator's uh, hateful beliefs. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Every time someone meets about something, oh, it's confirmation that shows up. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's it, ridiculous. it could very well happen because people have short memories. And, uh, like, I don't think uh, J.K. Rowling is going to suffer at all for what she said. But I think the Harry Potter, look, I love the Harry Potter books and I enjoy the movies, but I am disgusted by, by the things that she said, but, uh, I still think the property is going to live on. I, I don't have, Oh yeah. It's, not, it's just not, people are going to be upset that she's going to make money for her, at least some people, but the majority of people, uh, don't even care what she said. Really? Mm-hmm. It's just the loud people. And I'm, I, I'm with the loud people on this, this occasion, but yeah, nothing's going to happen. But, uh, maybe yeah. wait until something's actually in development before you say a Harry Potter series is coming. Cause every, yeah. I follow uh, like 10 different entertainment sites. Cause the way I, uh, the way I verify things on the show is if it's only shared by one place, it most likely isn't a true story. So if it's shared by most, mm-hmm. I at least can share it. So this one was shared by all of them. It's like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. interesting. It's not, it's not happening. There's no story here. They're all just fucking lying and they're admitting it. If you read it. <laughs> yeah. It's just pure clickbait. Oh yeah. It's just, your clickbait. But you read the comments oh, yeah. and nobody read the article. <laughs> Everybody's sharing it to each other like, oh, new Harry Potter. And then it's like the article clearly states that's not happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they were pro- It was probably a production meeting for the third Fantastic Beast because my probably. understanding is that film is in development. Yeah, it, last I heard it was in development. Uh, I mean, I lost my enthusiasm for that because I really did not like the second one. Oh but, my uh, god, it was terrible. That one JK wrote herself. She wrote the first one too. She wrote that. She wrote the first one too. Yeah. 
Oh, did she? I thought I thought someone else wrote. No, the she first. wrote both of those. She she uh, she made a deal. She has to write all five of the movies if there are going to be five now. But man, <laughs> it was so it it was basically the Batman v Superman of the Potterverse. It was just super yes. dark and boring. Yeah, and he, people made decisions that made no sense just for plot purposes. Yeah, so I'm not oh, that yeah, excited no, about it anymore. It's just a- like I, I the I'm first still furious about it. The first one felt like it was Doctor Who in the in the Potterverse. That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> and I love Doctor yes. Who. And then the second one just took itself way too seriously and was so dark. And Johnny Depp was terrible. I'm not even just talking about because of all the allegations against him. I'm just saying like he was a terrible actor in that movie. So I'm very happy that Mads Mickelson is taking his place. Because I think Mads Mickelson is one of the most talented actors working right now and played the best villain oh, ever absolutely. made. Uh, so I'm excited for that. I don't care that people, like, I think it's, I've already talked about this in another episode. I think the Johnny Depp story that's going on right now is a little bit more gray than people are saying, but besides, and I'm usually for believing the woman, but this story's got so many stuff Mm -hmm. in it that uh, makes it complicated. So I'm not sure if Johnny Depp deserved to lose the role per se, 100%, but I'm happy he lost it because I love Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Okay, so that's all the... Uh, Mads needs more work. He we're, does. We're waiting for Hannibal to come back. This is the least they could do. Yeah. Is give him some work. By the way, have you ever seen, I think it's called The Hunted with him? Yeah, I have. That, uh-huh. uh, if you guys ever need to see like a really smart movie about a very difficult topic, it's about a, 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 a preschool teacher or something like that, something with working with young children, mm-hmm. that is accused falsely of molesting a student and what happens to him in the small town after that story gets out. It's dark, but like sometimes it's, it's one of those movies. What I like about a good drama is that it can cover a dark subject without being like painful to watch. Like there are fun scenes in that movie, but it's also just a very dark topic that subject that takes itself seriously. I, I love it's so brilliant. And Mads Mikkelsen should have won an Oscar for that, but I don't think no anybody knew about that movie. Yeah, I don't think anyone knew about that movie, no. which is which is basically uh, Mad Mickelson's entire filmography. Yeah, it's like no one. I think the only movie anyone has ever seen with him in it is Doctor Strange, but he has some fantastic films. I mean, like I think people saw Casino Royale, but yeah, sure, Doctor Strange. I forgot I mean, he was in yeah, that. Yeah, I. Well, that's I forgot he was in Casino Royale for a second. God, <laughs> and I the other week I was saying he's the best James Bond villain. I don't Easily, know how I could by far. That. Yeah, by far the best James Bond villain. All right, so... Uh, Love that man. Yes. I don't remember what we were talking about anymore, so that's just going to be the end of the, the news segment. That's it. That's, that's it. what you get. All right. <laughs> so I, I thought of a topic, uh, because I I watch a lot of TV. I, I No offense to my dad if he's listening, but I think the main source of my upbringing was the TV that I watched, and I love it with a passion. It's my closest friend. Uh you know, probably if I had to choose between my wife and TV, it'd be, it'd be a close call. I don't know. It depends on how I'm feeling at the moment. Uh, <laughs> so I watch a lot of TV, and because of that, uh, with streaming services, I catch a lot of things that people don't watch. I'm like, everybody should be watching this show. So I thought it'd be a good uh, topic to bring up, shows that you like that not enough people talk about. I threw this up on Facebook for uh, guests to come on my show, and somebody commented on a show I'd never seen before, which I'll bring that up later. By the way... People don't read my posts because the person that I want to have on the show for you, sorry, hero, posted on this post, uh, a post where I said, if you want to be a guest on my show this weekend, post in here about a show you think more people should watch. He posted and I was like, so you want to be on my show this weekend? He's like, no, I can't do that. It's like, why'd you post, dude? 
But uh, so, <laughs> well, it's even funnier than that because I know who you're talking about. And when you invited me on the show, I immediately went, "Did you ask him yet?" Yeah, because I also thought that he was volunteering to be on the show. Yeah, no, nobody reads. They just wanted. To, they saw like that first sentence, or actually a later sentence, because I asked for a guest. I asked for a guest first sentence and then brought up the topic afterwards, but whatever. So, um, <laughs> I wanted to bring up some of the shows that people mentioned in the, in there to see if uh, you agree with that they are overlooked shows or, or that they deserve to be watched. Uh, so Jack Floyd, who I think I'm going to have on on a later show, brought up the Harley Quinn oh. show, which I definitely think is an underlooked show. The only reason I didn't put up her on this episode is because of, I talked about the show so much. It's a brilliant show. If you listen to the show, you know I think it's a brilliant show. So that one definitely fits in. Uh, have you ever seen Columbo? Uh, former guest DJ Hughes, or DJ O'Hay said Columbo. I've never seen that show. Like, like the old school Columbo. Old, is there a new? With, with is there Peter a new Falk? Is there a new Columbo? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna look that up real quick. I don't think there is. Because I think he's just talking about old Columbo. Yeah, no, he's just talking about old Columbo. Yeah, I mean, like that's a great show. That one could. Um, I, 40 years ago. Yeah. That one I could have put on, but it's like, uh, for one thing, I think that it's not, that's not watched by a lot of people. I think it's not watched by a lot of people in our generation mm-hmm. because yeah. it was definitely big enough that they made a shit ton of those movies and stuff like that. Just, uh, people our age didn't watch it. Same thing with like somebody put in a uh, mash. That was like one of the biggest shows on TV. Mm-hmm. Like I, th- I, I've only seen one episode, but I think that doesn't fit into the category. That's like old shows that, that you love yeah yeah that's uh, yeah I, I agree with you there that's like that's you're talking about like upper echelon like old school shows that are worth a watch yeah not so much you're looking for more hidden gems yeah you're, you're trying to you're trying to find something that's current right now that not enough people not necessarily current to. it could be an old show maybe it was an old show that's on for like one season that you think was really good that uh that somehow you came across that that would fit fits criteria but like mash is a classic yeah. I know. I never. I never. I've only seen one episode, but I've heard the theme song. I know. I could recognize the theme song right away. I know. I know of it. I know it's considered one of the greatest shows ever made, but uh, I never got around to it because I hated the first episode. Blasphemy. Um, <laughs> another get person uh, who I had on really recently, so that's why or I have coming up uh, in a future episode. So that's why I didn't pick them. Said Slings and Arrows. You ever seen that? Slings and Arrows. It's a Canadian no, show. That's not really- uh, it's a Canadian show. Well, I like Canadian shows. It's a. So. It's basically a, a show about a guy in, in like a British theater. I've only I've watched it like years ago. British theater pulling a play. I think Rachel McAdams was in it before she was big. Uh, it's supposed to be mm-hmm. really good. It's only twenty six episodes total. I couldn't make it through the first season. Hate it with a passion. <laughs> so I didn't even want. It. I want to be positive that I hated that show so much, and I'm like the only person I know that hates it. Everyone that recommends it to me because it's like a hidden gem. They're super passionate about it. So boring. It's six episode seasons. And I couldn't get through the first se- first season. So bored that's, out of my mind. But yeah, sure. Go check impressive. out. I'm like roasting these people. And they offered to be on my show. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm really appreciating it. It's helping my ego that you're just like, I would have had this person on the show. I would have had this person on the show. But they had terrible had this ideas. person on the show. Then it's like, oh, okay. I, I know well, where I fall on the Rolodex. I'm at the oh, very oh, oh, bottom. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, to be fair, I picked you after you commented under someone else's comment. So, like, you you were, like, second tier on there already. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, another yeah. person, uh, Andrew uh, Rocky Balboa, or whatever his name is. I got in the wrong order. He said the IT crowd. 
I think that might fit. I'm not 100% sure. Everyone I know watched that show. I love that show. It was big enough that they it, they tried making an American version, so it at least has an audience, but uh, kind of fits. I love that show with a passion. I think it's a, it's brilliant. If you haven't seen IT Crowd, check check it out. It's like a way better version of what Big Bang Theory should have been. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's interesting now that you've kind of mentioned it because it's it's uh, representative of your social group, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're a comedian, so most of the people in your social group are also comedians. And so, like, something like the IT crowd is designed for comedians. It's yes. comedians' comedy. Uh, and so, like, we're thinking it's ubiquitous, but then we talk to some normal person about it, and they're like, I've never heard that of that yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. Life. It doesn't exist. I me. know and that it's... Like, How is that... I know that it's not the biggest show in the world, but like everyone I know watched that show. I, I'll just tell you, the, the, I hated that show at first. I, I, I thought about using this as a topic uh, in the future, like a show that won you over with one line. And that show has mm-hmm. one. I was hating it at first. And then there's an episode where they want to watch something and they don't have the ability to watch it at home. So they find, they find someone online basically to watch a movie with. And uh, mm-hmm. he's uh, going to hang out with this guy. He finds out he's a cannibal. And that he yes, thinks the cannibal episode, yeah. he thinks that he's uh, that he wants to be eaten. He's like, no, I just want to watch this over here, and becomes friends with them. And when he describes him, somebody else goes like, he's a fine young cannibal. And that joke, <laughs> I went from hating that show to loving that show with that one line. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can agree. I I watched the first episode of the IT Crowd, and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna enjoy this. Um, it took me a couple episodes to really get into the swing of things with it. It's uh, very, so it's yeah, very I much like uh, like Tina Fey, where it's joke heavy. So like they just bombard yes. you with them. Sometimes that can be a little off putting. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We don't want that many jokes in our comedy, people. Which is <laughs> we it's so weird. Restrained. It's so weird, but it's true. But then again, like uh, Chris Flock, uh, she just show Thirty Rock, which I just mentioned, Tina Fey. I, I don't feel like I don't feel like that fits into the category because it lasted for seven seasons, and again everyone yeah. I know watched and loved it, and she got other shows because of it. Kimmy Schmidt and now uh, Mr. Mayor, which I think I'm the only one in the world that actually likes. Uh, so- no, I am I am 100% a fan of Mr. Mayor. I think it's fucking hilarious. I think it is the the successor to Thirty Rock. I think it strikes the same tone without being uh, without being a without without being kind of like copycat too obvious with it, you know, because there's a lot of Tina Fey's tried to have other shows and they're very obviously like, I'm thinking of good morning, which is like very obviously a 30 rock ripoff. Yeah. Um, But I really like Mr. Mayor. It's, it, it feels like 30 rock without being a 30 rock ripoff. Well, I like that. they I like that. uh, Holly Hunter's character is basically the anti Jack Donaghy. Yes. So, like, they have the mentor character in there doing the same role, but she could take a completely different viewpoint and still make it work. I think it's brilliant. I tried watching it with my, uh, like, I think it has a little bit growth to go, but it's in the early stages. But I tried watching it with mm-hmm. my wife, and she's like, you can watch this without me. <laughs> you gotta love when your significant other is like, no, you enjoy this. That's how you know you found true love. And they're like, I do. I never want to watch this as long as I live. Yeah. But I support your choices. It's weird, because, like... <laughs> It took me so long to get her to watch 30 Rock because she has, and understandably, a passionate hatred of Alec Baldwin. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she ended up loving that show. 
But so I thought by now she'd watched 30 Rock. She watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I thought, okay, she's on my side now. She used to not like Ted Dancing because she hates Cheers for some reason. But then uh, okay. we watched like three shows that were Bored to Death and Good Life and uh, something else. We watched another show with him where it turns out he's really good. So now she, I thought, okay, now she likes Tina Fey. She likes Tim, Tim, Dance, Ted, Tim Danson. Ted Danson. <laughs> she's all in. But no, couldn't make it past episode four. I got her that far. Wow. I think it was five episodes. Well, that's that's good. I mean, I usually give a, a TV show like fifteen minutes. Like, if they, they don't catch my interest, I'm not going to watch it. I kept on asking her, I was like, "Are you?" Because I go like, "Hey, you want to watch?" Uh, she's like, "What do you want to watch tonight?" I was like, "How about Mr. Mayor?" She's like, "Okay." Like, so wait, are you not into it? <laughs> she's like, "No, I'm into it." I'm like, we don't have to watch Just it. Read a book. <laughs> like, we don't have to watch it. We could watch something else if you're not into it. No, that's fine. And then, like, by episode four, she, I finally got to admit, doesn't care. It's like, yeah, I could tell by like, your reaction to, yeah, sure. So I was like, want to watch Mr. Mayor or do you want to watch Shrill? Which is an underrated show that I don't think a lot of people are watching. It's like, oh, Shrill. It's like, okay, that was a response you should have been given if you were into something. <laughs> right? Yeah, so obviously, Mr. Mayor got, oh, okay, Shrill. Yeah, let's watch that. Yeah, so, Shrill. What's Shrill about? Tell uh, me. I need to know. It's an A.D. Bryant show. It's on Hulu. It's a Hulu original. It's basically about a woman uh, who has very low self-esteem because of her, her body type. Uh, learning to to love herself and stand up for herself, and uh, but pitfalls along the way. Uh, it stars mm. Eddie Bryant. Uh, Daniel Stern plays her dad. Oh, um, okay. And this has a lot of uh, of SNL people do guest stars in there. It's it's mostly a comedy, but it's like a, a little bit. It's kind of an uncomfortable comedy and uh, very confrontational sometimes. Because their boss, their boss is basically somebody who thinks he's like the most woke person in the world. Uh, like he's he's a, he's like proud a proud gay man kind of super woke, but then he treats like overweight people like shit, and doesn't see anything mm. wrong with it. So he like he thinks he's woke, but he's actually a piece of crap. Ah, so it's it's very interesting, yeah. uh, different dynamic of the show. I think back in the day, I wouldn't have given it given it uh, any time because like who needs to watch this show about fat women? But now as an older, more mature person, I'm like, this is a very interesting idea, and I really like the characters, and it uh, gives a different take, and smart and funny and sad. It's really good. Yeah, I, I remember I remember there being advertisements for it. I never watched it myself, but I'll definitely give it a watch. Did it get renewed for a second season? Does it's it have, it's gotten renewed it... for a third and final season. Oh, okay, cool, cool, and, cool. Uh, so there's enough content to really sink your teeth into. Yeah, there's a, well, and the seasons are short. Each season's six episodes. So you can finish okay. this in a day. But uh, we're on the season finale of the second season. We, we both love that show a lot. All right, but let's bring you on for uh, the show you uh, – jumped on to when it was uh when it was suggested which was kim's convenience uh so mm -hmm. how did you stumble across this show because like i've never seen it advertised or anything before oh yeah no it's not advertised um during the pandemic obviously uh i think people's intake of television drastically increased yes uh you know i, I know that was true for me and people i talked to so i was just voraciously devouring everything someone recommended like if it was if it, there, if, it, if it had a fan base, I was in it. You know, like, I watched all of Outlander, which is not my... I'm not their demographic, but I watched... I love Outlander. Of that it's great. I love it, too. Oh, my God. It's so good. But, like, clearly they're not trying to get to 30-year-old males. Uh, I think... That. I think That show has a different demographic. I think you... Uh, people say that stuff. I think uh, people are more open to stuff than they used to be. Because it definitely isn't Very specifically true. just for female females either. Because it has... 
extreme violence and action. There's mm-hmm. time travel, science fiction. It's made by the same person yeah, who made no, it's, it's made it's developed by the same guy who developed uh, Battlestar Galactica and the woman who uh, the the 2004 version and also a Star Trek writer. Uh, and the person who wrote the books was a big Doctor Who fan. Uh, Jamie, is that his name? Yeah, Jamie. Mm-hmm. His name is based on uh, a Highlander uh, companion that the second Doctor had. They took the oh, they took the uh, they took the character's name and the actor's name and combined them because I think it's called huh. Jamie Fraser or something like that. Or mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they took the the character name from back then and combined it with the actor's name and made one character name because she was a big Doctor Who fan. I think if you give it a try, are willing to accept some romance in your science fiction. I think it's great. Oh yeah, no, I I think it's a fantastic series. Um, but that was more anecdotal than anything else. Yeah. Uh, so as I was devouring content, uh, pretty much in pace with everyone else in the world, uh, everyone discovered uh, Shit's Creek again. Oh. Like Shit's Creek was that show we all watched like four years ago and went, "This is really good," and then completely forgot about it. Um, until it swept the Emmys or I can't remember the Golden Globes. I can't remember. But like then everybody was like, Shit's Creek. So I, I was watching Shit's Creek, watching the whole show, watching the whole series. And as a consequence, that recommended uh, that recommended other Canadian comedies. And it was just like on a whim. I was like, okay, Kim's Convenience. Let's give this one a watch. And I immediately fell in love with it. I uh, I love Canadian comedies, uh, sitcoms, because they're um, they're different. There's there's like a cultural difference between a, a Canadian sitcom and an American sitcom. What it's slight but noticeable. Is different. Yeah, it's it's very subtle. It's a very subtle distinction, but it's there. Like the pacing is different. Uh, how they how they frame jokes are different. How they tell long narratives within the sitcom format. It's just different, and I, I was like, okay, cool. I like Canadian uh, sitcoms. I'm going to give this Kim's Convenience a try, and I found it delightful. It doesn't have it doesn't have the biting edge that uh, Shit's Creek has or Letterkenny, which is another great Canadian comedy. Uh, it doesn't have a biting edge, but there's something about it that reminds me of like uh, of 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 the of the '90s sitcoms about families, like Family Matters. Yeah, that's what it reminds me the most. Like, I think it's better than uh, that. It's an MA rated show. Family Matters is like PG or G, but yeah. yes, yes, it's it's. Uh, well, I was just saying, it, 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 depicting a family uh, in a day to day kind of scenario, building a sitcom off of that. Uh, about a, a demographic, a group of people we don't typically see. Yes, uh, uh, since that, I've only that's seen where I would. Since I've only seen two episodes, do you want to explain to people what the show is? Yes, I would love to. So, Kim's Convenience is about uh, is about a Korean Canadian family that owns and operates a convenience store, and so you follow you follow uh, the family, you follow Appa, who uh, was the uh, X wing fighter pilot in season two of the mandalorian in episodes three and four so if you were like oh that that korean canadian gentleman was quite good he has his own show it's called uh, kim's convenience so it follows him he plays a character appa uh, uh, easily the best character on the show i watched two episodes and he won me over in the first scene he's so oh, yeah good. no he's he his comedic timing his comedic presence is great it is absolutely wonderful. He's a little bit like a, like an Archie Bunker kind of character where he's wrong but uh, but can learn. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I hope you watch more episodes, Carl. I intend to watch more. That's basically that's basically how it works. Is Appa gets himself in trouble, and then uh, in trying to get himself out of trouble, he just gets himself in more trouble. Uh, like there's a great episode in like season four because uh, all the episodes have a cold opening, so they have a cold opening and then they go to the credits. And the cold openings are just opportunities for like one-off jokes, and so it's Appa and he's cleaning up like soda in his shop, like someone knocked over a soda, and his daughter Janet comes in and she's like, "Oh, Appa, don't bend over, I'll clean it up." And so she's cleaning up the mess and Appa's going like, "Yeah, you won't believe how this happened," and he starts telling this long nonsensical story about like kids while uh, her, while his daughter's cleaning up the soda and she's, she's trying to predict what caused the spill. And then Appa's wife comes in and she's just like, why are you making your daughter clean up your mess? And he's <laughs> like, I don't know. And it's just like a delightful little, <laughs> it's such a stupid joke, but it's funny. It made me laugh. I was like, that's, that's that's wholesome content right there. Yeah. It's it's very wholesome. Yeah, the the parents are are immigrants, they come over, but the the at least it sounds like to me the the kids grew up in Canada. Or at least by yes. the accident they yes. they're like first generation living living there since birth. Yeah. They they have two children, Janet and Jung, and Jung was born in Korea but grew up in Canada and Janet was completely she she was born in Canada. She's only ever known Canada. I don't even think she's been to Korea, if I remember correctly. Um, and so you, in addition to seeing the world through the lens of an immigrant, you also see uh, the world through a first generation, uh, a first generation family. So it's very interesting. It's even the within the family, really they, even within the family, they have cultural differences because of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's one of the main points is uh, they, they have like three narratives running at any time. Like, Appa and Oma's interpretation of the world, Janet's interpretation of the world, and Jung's interpretation of the world. And there is a lot of, like, the show thrives on the cultural differences bet within the family. Uh, it's, it's, it's very good. <laughs> it's, it's really compelling. You don't expect it to. You watch the first episode, and you're like, yeah, that's kind of a lighthearted comedy. But it deals with some real stuff. It deals with deals with some hard topics. It's a very fun show. They're also kind of brave. I mean, the first episode, uh, he Appa gets called out for being homophobic because he doesn't want to want to yes. hang up a, a poster for a gay band in his in his window uh, during the gay pride parade. And so he he backtracks like, no, I'm not homophobic. I give a, a gay tax cut or a price cut discount, gay, gay discount. And that sounds like it's going to be really defen uh, offensive. And he's like, I can tell. Because like, how are you going to be able to tell if they're gay? It's like, I can tell. And it just turns yeah. into this recurring bit, but also it ends pretty wholesomely. Like a, a transgender woman comes into the store and he just asks her about it. And it's a very polite conversation. And he learns something about something he never understood before. And they have a really heartwarming interaction. It's something that should have been a very offensive storyline that I don't think Americans would be brave enough to try out. But it, it, was, oh, absolutely. it was amazing. I was like, this, this is the first episode of the show. I'm already really impressed by the characters and, and writing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, that, that goes back to what I was saying about Canadian sitcoms seem to do things a little different, where uh, we're more accustomed to the American punchline, which is uh, built around ignorance. You know, the comedy comes from ignorant characters conducting themselves ignorantly. What Kim's Convenience does a lot of the times is they'll end the show with the character 
no longer in that state of ignorance. They've grown, they've learned something, which is kind of antithetical to the notion of comedy because, it, you know, in comedy, you kind of don't want your characters to change. Like think of like Seinfeld, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Mr. Mayor, 30 Rock. The characters don't change. That's why that way you can keep telling stories. But what, what Kim's Convenience does is it, it has little moments of growth yeah, happen in it. Same thing with like uh, when I watch Shit's Creek. The whole show is a, basically a show about character development. They start off. I yes. hated the show at first because none of the characters were likable or at all interesting to me, and then they develop but find a way to keep them funny at the same time. I feel like that's what this show is doing as well. Which yeah. American yeah. sitcoms are not brave enough to go like, well, if we if we develop them, then we lose our punchline. Exactly. Exactly. It's. It, it, and that's what makes it so interesting to watch because you get invested because the characters are growing and changing. One of the main themes in the whole series is uh, the fact that Appa and his son Jiyoung fight. Like they're, they're estranged from one another. They don't, they don't spend any time with one another and they have a very antagonistic relationship. But over the course of the seasons, you, you come to understand why both of them feel that way. You get to know both of their sides of the argument and you see the moments where they're trying to overcome that and, and become a family again. And it's really compelling. It's for, for a Canadian sitcom about a convenience store, there's some really like emotionally heavy, compelling content in it, which, which just elevates it even further in my mind. I'm just glad I thought of this subject idea because I'm in love with this sitcom already. So yeah, please, everybody, check out. It's on Netflix, Kim's Convenience. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's a really unique show, and I take this from two white guys. The show about immigrants in a, in a, in a, in a starting up their lives is uh, very interesting. Yeah, you told me yeah. uh, when I when I asked you to be on the show, I just want to bring up this interaction. You're like, uh, should, I'm not sure if two white guys should be discussing this. Uh, there's another guy, the guy who's going to be my original guest. Uh, he fits in a little bit more with this with talking about this show. Yeah, <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I I was just like, uh, I'm just looking at like practicals. I'm like, yeah, I can talk about the show. I love this show, but the impact of the show is is a bit one sided for me. I I am like, I am not represented in this show. My enjoyment of the show is I'm just watching and discovering about a whole new culture that I knew nothing about, which is awesome, and I love that. But uh, like. If you are a person of color, if you're an Asian person of color watching this show, it's, I imagine it's even more impactful because you're getting to hear stories about, you know, your cultural background, much in the same way, like fresh off the boat in the United States, uh, you know, has, has a similar kind of following. Oh, yeah. like it's a great show, but then it's also culturally significant in that it's showing a slice of life that we don't often get to see. Yeah, it's also like I've become a huge fan of the show Atlanta. I love that show. I think it's brilliant. But that's definitely not my perspective about black rappers. I don't think I, I yeah. share. I, I could give in. I, I like that show. But it would definitely be weird if I, without even trying, to suck out, stuck, sought out another uh, white dude to talk about, what does this show mean? Yeah, what's the meaning of this? <laughs> That's uh, yeah, I had to, I had to acknowledge it because you were absolutely right. It is weird that two white guys are talking about Kim's convenience, but you're the only person I know that watched this show that could be on this week, and I think it's something that's worth seeing. Yeah, so well, I I appreciate being invited on the show. Uh, let's never invite the other guy to anything again. Because... <laughs>
No, he's, he's rejected. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite him to something. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Once a time. He's like, what are you talking about? Well, you invited me over. It's like, oh, no, I didn't mean to come over. Just like with the podcast, when I asked you to be my guest, I didn't mean I wanted you to be my guest. I just wanted you to say you'd come over. <laughs> that's some Jedi mind trick level stuff. <laughs> that's, that's what Charles would do. That's yeah. what Charles would do. Yeah, I think like Charles, because because uh, Tasha wanted him to show up. So I mean, mm-hmm. I outthought him, but I, I I found a way to intercept his message of where the church was. So he wasn't able to get there and, inter- and break up the wedding. Think like Charles, destroy <laughs> Charles. Your hatred of Charles is well known and it, documented. Oh yeah, yeah, I've <laughs> talked about it a lot. All right, well, Hero, thank you so much for doing this. This was a blast. Yeah, I, I always have fun. Thank you for having me on. Uh, thank you, listeners. I hope you enjoyed my anecdotes. <laughs> <laughs> One more time uh, before we end the show, uh, can you throw out your plugs? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, if you want to follow me, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Hero is my name uh, I take pictures of food and my cat. It's a lot of fun. Um, but more importantly, if you, uh, if you want a live improv entertainment comedy, if you're a fan of Dungeons and Dragons, if you're a fan of Whose Line Is It Anyway, please follow Fancy Hobo Improv on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, I host a show every Friday night called Hazards and Hijinks, where we, we do like an improvised uh, D show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, every Saturday we rotate other shows, including short form content, like, uh, the fancy hobo improv show, long form content, like our genre shows, and even, even a variety late night talk show, uh, every third week of the month. So we got tons of content on there. We'd love for all of you to join us. Uh, that is my plug. I am right. unplugging. Thank you so much. And please, everyone who listens to this show, do me a favor and start leaving reviews. I have zero reviews on this show, and that looks terrible. No one's going to want to start listening to a show that no one looks like they listen to. So please leave a review. Also, give me more subscribers. I used to have 100 people a, a show listening to my last podcast. I have like a handful now. Barely any. I want more listeners. So if you were listening to the show, go on to somebody else's device and subscribe to this show. Maybe they'll stumble across it. I don't care. At least I'll get the numbers up to help out my poor, poor ego. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for listening, everybody. And we will be back two weeks with old news. This has been Unlicensed Entertainment.